This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, after that bit of snow that we had yesterday that quickly melted, a cloudy day for us today with about a 40% chance of mixed snow and rain showers switching back and forth throughout the day. As far as snow accumulation, less than a half inch, a high today getting into the 30s. The Broome County Sheriff's Office is turning to social media in a search for a burglary suspect. Officials posted to the Sheriff's Office Facebook page yesterday that they were looking for information concerning a man caught on surveillance video earlier that morning at the door of a Windsor business. The posting from the sheriff's office does not give information about the name of the business or its location. The man is seen on a small front porch of the business and peering in the windows of the door. The man appears to be white with a scruffy beard growth. He was wearing a winter jacket with a hood pulled over his head. The subject appears to be of stocky or heavy build and was wearing several layers of clothing. The video shows he has light colored shirt under a v-neck pullover and the coat over the top. The man was also wearing gloves and dark colored pants. He may have had casual shoes, but one viewer commented that it appeared the subject was wearing slippers. The man appears to be in his 30s. Anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Brown at 607-778-2055 or the anonymous tip line at 607-778-1196. Tips can also be filed online at gobroomcounty.com slash sheriff slash crime info tips. The video is not time stamped. It does not say what time in the early morning hours of Wednesday that the burglary happened. Almost 300 acres of land in the towns of Union and Maine may be purchased by the Broome County Industrial Development Agency looking for building a new industrial park. The Broome County IDA is acquiring an option to purchase three parcels along Airport Road and East Main Road, about halfway between Route 17 and the Greater Binghamton Airport. The Broome County Executive Jason Garner says businesses seeking new locations sometimes are looking for large sites with access to utilities. And the industrial park that was developed in Kirkwood almost 40 years ago is filled up. The IDA has approved a measure that would result in spending nearly $1.5 million, about $5,000 an acre, to buy around 290 acres. The price being considered is more than three times the value that was determined by an IDA hired appraiser, which IDA board member Richard Bucci says has him concerned. The county executive says discussions have started with the town of Union and Maine officials about zoning changes and utility work that would be needed for future development projects, and there is environmental work needed to assess the lot's suitability for possible development. The county likely would seek a state grant money to help cover the site preparation costs. Pennsylvania Governor-elect Josh Shapiro is beginning the transition to his new job, pledging to work constructively with lawmakers and pledging to remain as Attorney General until he takes office as governor in January. Shapiro gave his first Capitol News conference yesterday as he navigates the massive task of sorting through the many applications to fill out top posts in his administration, selecting a cabinet, and getting his arms around a government of the nation's fifth most populous state. Shapiro appeared yesterday with outgoing Governor, fellow Democrat Tom Wolf, and Lieutenant Governor-elect Austin Davis at a news conference and voiced confidence in a smooth transition. Shapiro, the state's two-term attorney general, scored a massive 14 percentage point win over conservative Republican rival Doug Mastriano in last week's midterm election in spite of Mastriano's staunch support of former President 
Donald Trump and Trump's endorsement. Shapiro has become the first candidate since 1966 to succeed the governor of the same party in Pennsylvania. No rough weather is being forecast for us for today. Once again, they're keeping an eye on western New York with lake effect snow projected for Buffalo, and they're still saying there's a possibility for several feet of snow in northern New York above Syracuse and the Tug Hill Plateau as well as Buffalo. So if you do have travel plans for the weekend out that way, keep that in mind. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, clouds. We have a 40% chance of snow and rain showers back and forth, maybe even mixing at times. Snow accumulations less than a half inch today, a high in the mid-30s, mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. Friday, increasing clouds, a slight chance of afternoon snow showers, a high in the upper 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid-30s, and Sunday, partly sunny, high in the low to mid-30s. So our news breaks first, News Radio 1290-WMBF-WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. November 17th. We take phone calls. We take plenty of phone calls every day. 607-772-1290. And also... Entertain emails, so if you have an informative, entertaining email, the address is bob at wnbf.com. Let's get underway. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air with Bob Joseph. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Ron, and is this Bob G? I usually get Kathy, or does Kathy have a cold? Who knows where she is? She's not at her post. Oh, she's, goodness. you know, what, what can I say? <laughs> I know, you know I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm mystified. You know, the military people in your audience uh, will remember, I've never forgotten it, when you go in the military, you learn your, what's called your general orders. And your first general order is, to take charge of this post and all government property in view. So, I mean, do you have anything like that at WNBF, like a, a rule of orders everyone has to memorize? And yes, yes, we do. Yeah. We're we're a paramilitary organization. Whoa. When they tell me to Whoa. jump, I say, how high? When they tell me how high, I say, 
I'll go above and beyond, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's always yes, sir. Never no, sir. Oh, man, I, I'm so impressed. Uh, gee, thanks for relating that. I, I have a whole different view of WNBF now. Our military. Hey, Bob, do you want to know why I called? Well, okay. Not really, <laughs> not, not really but uh, since you're the only person on the air at the moment, I mean, we do have another caller standing by, but, uh, yeah, why did you call? Well, Bob, I called, uh, I was going to tell Kathy I was calling about crime, but actually I'm reporting about something which is in your bailiwick, and I mean that seriously. Uh, I, th- I throw this over to you. I was looking at our local paper this morning, uh, page B, as in boy, four. And I I was struck by a headline, and it said, 32 trans people in U.S. killed in 2022. And it it opens up at least 32 transgender and and gender nonconforming people have been killed in the U.S. in 2022. Uh, as reported by the Human Rights Campaign. Now, uh, totally against anyone being murdered, but what struck me and what strikes me about it is the what does this headline mean? What are we to take from it? As you read in the article, uh, it goes into saying that they have reported 32 transgender people killed in the U.S. this year. And then they say that there are 1.6 million transgender people in the United States. So doing a little bit of math, which I like to do, if you if you look and you say 32 divided by 1.6 million, that's a rate of transgender murders of two per hundred thousand. Now, the murder rate of U.S. citizens uh, across our 330 million people is five in 200,000. So the rate, your chances of being murdered in the United States are five in 100,000. And for trans people, it's less, it's two in 100,000. So what, what strikes me about this, and this is the reporting part of it, Bob, it's not what they put in the article. It's kind of what they left out of the article. And you read this, and if you just read this, you'll go, wow, what a terrible thing. Uh, again, uh, this is transgender people being being uh, kicked out and, and uh, preyed upon. And even the article, if you, if you look through it and figure it out, it makes no sense. So I'm wondering as a you know, a reporter person, a person who loves the newspapers and such. What do you think of that? Be more specific. What do I think of it? Just ask me, uh, not what I think of it, What? ask me a very specific question. Okay. I, I, think, I think based on what I see of the story, I'm looking at it. It yeah. appears factual. Yeah. Now, you're you're talking about something that's always difficult for journalists to um, make happen, and that's to include all the information that everyone thinks would be relevant to their story. 
So the, they, they are reporting something that apparently was announced by the Human Rights Campaign. So they're referring to an annual report that was put out by the Human Rights Campaign, which my guess is the uh, Human Rights Campaign didn't include the additional information you're mentioning because I suspect although I know nothing about the human rights campaign, I suspect they have an agenda. There you go. Okay, so it's the slant of the story. And now Hannah Schoenbaum of the uh, Associated Press... Not just the Associated Press, Report for America. Report for America. So that makes it all the more curious. Report for America. What is that? What's the Report for America, Ron? Right. I, uh, Report for exactly. America. I remember when I was a kid, there was AP and UPI. AP, UPI, Reuters, AFP. I've, I don't know what this means. Associated Press, Report for America. Now I have to go to the trouble to look up Report for America. At least they spelled America correctly. Uh, Report for America. Again, by the way, this is not to detract from your basic point about uh, not as much information or context as this would be uh, hoped for. Anyway, reportforamerica.org. Our mission, a call to service. Our mission is to strengthen our communities, and our democracy through local journalism that is truthful, fearless, fair, and smart. Uh, hmm. Actually, now I'm, I'm compelled at some point next week to get somebody from Report for America on the air to explain about this, you know, who we are and all that. It says, who we are, leaders from both the journalism and national service worlds, have come together around this big vision. Report for America co-founders Charles Sennett and Stephen Waldman are both nationally known veteran journalists and social entrepreneurs dedicated to saving journalism. Um, well, again, your basic point is is accurate, as always, when it comes to any news report. Whether I write a story, whether you would write a story, or whether, in this case... Hannah Schoenbaum writes the story. There is absolutely no way any report is complete. And yeah. and again, without knowing the circumstances under which Hannah Schoenbaum works, trust me, we don't have the time. We don't have the time to uh, go and do all the research and get in-depth. Also, look how much space is devoted to the, the story. It's a... I'm not good because I didn't... I'm not good at this because I never worked in newspapers. Still represents about five column inches. It's a relatively short story, a little bit longer than some of WNBF's postings, but still, it doesn't go into great detail. Now, if the story, if the New York Times covers this story, and I haven't had a chance yet to see if they touched on it, I would expect a more in depth and contextual report from, say, the New York Times or the Washington Post, or the Wall Street Journal. But, you know, to your point, well, they, they could have probably found the, 
the um, rates that you were discussing. You found them. The other thing is, though, I would say, notice it. the headline says 32, and the lead says at least 32. The fact is, I would submit to you the number of transgender and gender nonconforming people who've been killed in the United States, I, I would say the number is vastly underreported. Yeah, uh, of course, that that is an extrapolation by the reader, but the reporter, I'm saying, has, or the editor has a responsibility. Here's the thing. No, I mean, again, you, you fail to grasp the the reality of journalism in 2022. I don't, first of all, I don't dispute that would be nice in a perfect world. We live in an imperfect world of journalism. Journalism is on the ropes, my friend. And, and I know you have every right to demand more, but for the time being, you're not going to get it. Look at this newspaper. Just take a look at it. You're not going to get it. You can demand, you, you know, people talk about the responsibility until you've worked in a newsroom. You don't get it. You don't get the business. It's a business that's being cut constantly. We're under increasing pressure, increasing stress. So the reporters who do their best day in and day out wind up getting chastised and criticized for the work they do. My guess is that Hannah Schoenbaum had a fraction of the time that she wanted to do on this story. So, But you, you can demand as a, and, and say that there's a responsibility. Yeah, in a perfect world, that would be great. Well, Bob, uh, I'm just saying that if you're browsing through the paper, and I'm talking about browsing through, no one's reading the entire Presence on Bulletin and all, uh, uh, all of the USA stories in it now. But um, you see, 32 trans people killed in U.S., and, and, and you don't go on to read that story. Well, leaves them with the impression, the implication that um, uh, trans people are under siege, but the numbers don't bear it out. But the headline uh, gives you that impression. Now, I, I'm not knocking journalism. I get the paper. I get um, not only this paper, but another paper daily. So I, I love print journalism, but if it's on the ropes, well, this is a TKO. You, you can't put stories in. Don't you spill it. Put, a, put something else in it. Put a picture of Santa Claus in or something. All right. Thanks. 923 WNBF. Steve from the South Side. Good morning. Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. Yeah, I heard about uh, back in the 70s, I heard about this guy. He uh, he figured out a way to get get sent all this junk mail. He uh, somehow he uh, ground it up and compressed it there, used it to, for heating. I thought that was I thought that was a pretty novel idea. Though. Yeah, that is definitely uh, an idea. And this yep. winter, probably people will have to do that. It's too bad they didn't have the Sears catalog anymore. You could send me about twenty Sears catalogs, so I could keep the heat on. This winter, yeah, the wood stove's a nice thing to have there, but you have to be careful with it. You just can't uh, shove uh, any type of wood in there. It has to be uh, seasoned for about a year or two. That has to be dried out. Uh, my my father, he uh, switched over to uh, uh, natural gas. Or oh, really? He's, uh, yeah, he's uh, in his eighties. 
used to burn, a, have a wood stove right in the living room. Huh? But you have to make sure it's cleaned out there. Oh, yeah. You have to always, always be careful. You get the creosote in there and so on and so forth. Yeah, this is a time of year when there are a lot of fires related to heating. Yeah. Yeah, you have to clean out the the creosote out of of the chimney and whatnot there at least once a month. Mm. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if uh, Vinny ever thought about uh, running uh, for, uh, for officer. He should. He should. Yeah. Yeah, I voted uh, Democrat before myself. I voted for Spitzer. Well, anyway. you know, he was anyway, I, he, he was not that. a perfect governor, but he, he certainly is the only governor of New York named Elliot. Yeah, I used to listen to Black Sabbath there and huff a lot of glue if that tells you anything. <laughs> Back in the 70s. You know, the thing that occurs to me about Elliot Spitzer, he never... As far as I know, never, ever, in a public forum, gave the finger to college students. Remember Nelson Rockefeller, the former New York governor, Nelson Rockefeller, when he was vice president, he came to the Broome County Airport and he gave the finger to some college students. Yeah, I used to go to this uh, bar on Clinton Street there. I seen a, they had a newspaper picture there, and that, uh, they had it up on the, up on the, where they keep the, the alcoholic beverages there, just have it out by the mirror. I've seen that a long time ago. Right? I think that was back in the late 70s. There. I haven't drank. Yeah, 1976, he did the. But, yeah, you know, he, was, he was definitely he was definitely a character. Yes, he was. And he liked reporters too. That's something you don't he, uh, you don't see that every day. He he was he didn't mind mingling with reporters. He let reporters even go uh, on the, the state plane between Binghamton and Albany, which you would never. Can you imagine Kathy Hochul or Andrew Cuomo or Elliot Spritzer ever uh, allowing a reporter to travel between Binghamton and Albany? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I haven't. I, I voted uh, this time around here, so yeah, it's uh. Well, if uh, Kathy Hochul's uh, governor for a while, or I can I can deal with it there. But uh, yeah, well, it's nice to have a governor upstate. It's nice to have a governor who could find Endicott on a map. Yeah, although her office doesn't know how to spell Binghamton, but they they sent out an advisory a couple weeks ago, and they misspelled Binghamton, but my guess is it wasn't because of Kathy Hochul. She knows how to spell Binghamton. I was wondering if uh, Hillary Clinton will run again. No, she won't. Uh, Why would she? <laughs> Just to be spiteful, I guess. No, I, I mean, seriously. You know? what? What's in it for her? Why would she subject herself to the ongoing harassment and haranguing from the American people. I, for, the, for the life of me, I can't even begin to imagine what what would compel her to run for anything. Yeah, she's got that new show out. It's called Gutsy. There. I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, sounds... Sounds like a show. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to look into it. Is is it a good show? 
I haven't seen it here. I've seen it on YouTube, or clips of it here. All right. Rather, I'd rather uh, drink liquid Drano and uh, eat broken glass and wash it down with uh, liquid Drano. <laughs> well, don't do that because it could potentially be life-threatening. Brian from Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Morning. How are you? Good. What's up? Hey, I, I kind of want to uh, touch a topic that uh, no one's really speaking about here and seeing it's uh, election time and everyone's vote, and I figured it should be something we should be discussing. I wanted to talk about how it's uh, not really a government in the first place. It's a corporation, and that we are all subsidiary corporations of that corporation. And... I find it to be kind of interesting that we're all always referred to as entities and not people or human beings, and how corrupt our lovely corporation really is, and how we all actually have uh, trust accounts in our names that are held at the reserve that's privately owned, and we're not supposed to know about it. You're supposed to be able to discharge any debt or bill you have, and our lovely, illustrious U.S. government is supposed to cover that bill. So on top of that, we continuously keep being taxed and taxed and taxed to death, and there's less and less jobs. How, how do you kind of feel about this topic? I feel badly. Like, I mean, it's, it's all pretty much right in Black's Law Dictionary and... Everything that's ever been written in the history of our country discusses these accounts. So why 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 is this held in such secrecy to the people? Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows, but nobody will do anything about it. To stand up and take what's rightfully theirs, huh? For say. Well, what do you mean? Take what what's rightfully well, don't don't well, you take I what's mean, rightfully yours? Well, I mean, we, we all technically have these trust accounts that are designed and set up to offset, you know, debts like mortgage, car loan, credit cards, et cetera. And you're never taught or told anything about that in school. Money is never a topic in school, it seems like. It seems like people aren't educated in, in that field. Like well, it should be, it should be, it should be added to the curriculum. They should add Agreed. it to the curriculum. So, Agreed. So young people don't wind up graduating with a mindful of monetary mush. Absolutely agree. I just, you know, I never really hear anybody touch, touch that topic ever about how, you know. Well, go to the school board and, and bring it up during the public comment period. Like, I mean, technically speaking... Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Go to the school board and bring it up during the public comment period. That is a great idea. I will have to do this. Okay. 931-WNBF-WNBF.com. More calls are coming up. 607-772-1290 is our number. This is Bob Joseph live on a Thursday morning. News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And streaming at WNBF.com. Recording. You want.
WNBF, Bob Joseph, live at 935. Back to the phone as we go. Dale in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Nice sunny day. Sun's out and everything for now. <laughs> but uh, be careful. <laughs> but the whole thing is, everybody's got their viewpoint. You know, we're all Americans that live in this country. And, and you have your own voice, you know. And uh, I just happen to be a retired truck driver. And I'm just saying, you know, they can have their voice. I can have my voice. You know, what's stop me from explaining what I've done in my life, you know? I agree with Everybody that. Everybody should be able to do that. Every, I, everyone that I agree. That. So that's that's the whole point. That's America. You know, and I'm just saying that. So when I vote again, I want to make sure my vote goes to the right place. <laughs> okay, Bob. All right. Thank you very much. 937 Radio for America. Good morning, John from Binghamton. You're on. Hi, uh, Bob. Uh, I've been looking at the WMBF news stories, and uh, here's uh, what I've come up with as far as an opinion. You know, you had a story... uh, about uh, St. Paul's uh, community meals, something like that. People would they would walk by uh, the church, and the people in the congregation want to give them a meal and get to know them. Is that story they, on the website now? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I read I'm it a few days it. ago. Yes. All right, so they I had a story about community meals, okay. Yeah, and the, the thought that came to my mind is, you know, most churches are now closed, they're locked up, and it, it, it's interesting. You could get a meal, and that's a great, great thing for these people to do, but, uh, you know, you can't go in church and pray, so that's under man doesn't live by bread alone. Uh, you know, they're open only a few hours a week. I mean, I remember in the heydays of 42nd Street going down to a Catholic church near 9th Avenue. It was open. People were praying. So I think that might be a little bit different between then and now. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not aware of any any church in Broome County that say right now on a regular basis is unlocked seven days a week. I, from discussing this with various religious leaders, they um, they can no longer allow um, their buildings to be open and accessible because stuff disappears. Especially yeah, things right. like, you know, things that might contain precious metals like gold or electronics equipment, microphones, amplifiers, speakers, all that sort of stuff has, sadly, uh, a tendency to walk away if you leave the church unlocked. Yeah, the communists shut the churches down, and we just did it another way. Uh, you know, uh, Another interesting one for me was this article about the Binghamton School District uh, and all schools in Broome County, I guess except Vestal, uh, being uh, way, way down in the rankings. And uh, the thought crossed my mind, uh, well, Jeepers, uh, you know, Binghamton has the highest school taxes in the state and yet ranks uh, continually near the bottom. So there's absolutely no correlation between uh, money spent in the rankings, at least around here, uh, you know, record school taxations. And 
low low performances. So it, that's the future of Binghamton. These people aren't leaving. Uh, they can't leave. They have nothing to offer, and yet the taxpayers continue to pay. Uh, we we might as well have child labor. At least uh, uh, they would be uh, doing constructive things instead of uh, showing pictures of them orifices on Instagram. You know. Uh, so and Instagram what, allows that. Don't they have some sort of uh, thing that blocks it? Uh, I, I no, I don't believe so. I mean, I I, well, I think they should get some sort of technology that would identify and delete uh, obviously photographs of that nature. Well, there's there's uh, with, uh, obviously without mentioning any names. There's prominent people that've got 20-year-old daughters and in this town and you can't believe the stuff uh it's unbelievable. So uh you know it, it's it's thing. oh two other odds and ends that I brought up in the past the big tree by the rock bottom dam uh dam that fell down 2 years ago has finally been dismembered the 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 uh, root is still there but somebody obviously needed firewood. And the last thing I want to bring up is this uh, senior citizens clinic in Johnson City uh, in, at Lords? What a lousy looking building! It looks like a bait and tackle shop on the bayou. Uh, you know, it's just just unbelievable the little money uh, that they put into this building. And I, I you know, great baseball stadiums. The university builds all these. Lords built a palace there by the. The craft brewing pub, uh, but uh, uh, this thing that's mostly you know outreach for seniors uh, shows exactly that. Just go drive by and you'll see exactly what they think of seniors. <laughs> oh, I've seen it, and I, I knew from the start. It was announced here on this program, I think, three or four years ago. It's you know for a a project that how can I describe it without offending anyone? We'll say it's. Uh, it's not a particularly ambitious project. We'll put it that way. Um, I hope people don't take offense, but the bottom line is it's, um, it has it taken uh, far longer to accomplish this project, ostensibly to help some of the older residents in Johnson City, and maybe some from Binghamton because it's close to the west side. And, um, you know, it, it's been remarkable how quiet the university has been about this, and also Lord's Hospital. I don't believe Lord's Hospital has said anything about this. And it seems the, essentially the only reporting on this project, which I do believe can be helpful to many people in Johnson City and Binghamton, but the only reporting seems to have been done by one local news agency, you know, trying to keep track of, of the progress and, you know, follow this through over the last... Whatever, three or four years. Now, I'm looking back at a, one of the stories at WNBF.com about this, and, and it says a rendering of the planned Senior Wellness Center on Jenison Avenue, and that rendering was provided by the university. Eh, it's, it's pretty much as advertised that that rendering looks pretty much like what's there now. Well, It, it was it's... never, trust me, right from the outset, it was never intended to be anything particularly beautiful hopefully it'll be functional but you know so it's i'll say in this case because even for people not familiar this was 
kind of put together using modular sections once they got the the concrete and stuff and the the site prepared apparently they brought in a couple of pre-fabricated i don't know if it's more than a couple how many sections they actually use so it didn't take long for it to actually wind up on the site once they got to that point of of the the land being ready but uh to me it looks exactly or almost exactly as as uh they advertised when it was first announced so i don't know i i'm I'm mystified by the project because again everybody involved the university the um whatever the founding the ford family foundation or whatever whoever's responsible for this wellness center uh, lords everybody seems to be very 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 quiet about it anytime that i've tried to get information the information I receive usually comes in the form of one or two sentences. It's almost like it's being dictated by the governor's office. Well, what's what's interesting to me, the elites around here talk about all the great stuff we have. And uh, when they get sick, the, the first thing uh, they do is they're off to, uh, you know, uh, Sloan Kettering or the uh, uh, Home Depot guys hospital in New York. They, they, they don't fool around with this health care system here. That's that's for us. That's for poor, depressed seniors like myself. Oh, oh one more thing. Uh, ben Franklin with the HPV vaccination awards. Uh, this is supposed to be an accomplishment to let young people uh, uh, do the most uh, degenerative uh, sexual practices without the consequence of cancer, and this is supposed to be a great thing. Oh, yeah, I heard that on the news. Let me punch up the story, because I think everybody covered it. Yeah, it said, um, one of UHS's elementary school programs received an award for the high rate of vaccinations, says the UHS school-based health center at Ben Franklin Elementary was recognized by the Human Papilloma Virus Coalition for the clinic's efforts to increase HPV vaccinations in the southern tier. The center at Ben Franklin is one of just two practices in the region, according to a News Channel 34. Those poor children those poor children being led by adults, uh, throwing them into wickedness, confusing them. Uh, This is just something that is, uh, you know, right out of the bowels of hell. But they're going to be better protected against certain cancers because of the vaccination, according to health experts. It's 946. Bob Joseph, listening to your thoughts. If you have uh, concerns about local matters, state matters, or even national issues this is the place 607-772-1290 listening to news radio wnbf 92.1 fm 1290 am and always available on the free wnbf app
Good morning, kids in America. Bob Joseph live at 9.51 from News Radio WNBF at the uh, heart of everything here in downtown Binghamton. Uh, there's word just in from the Albany Times Union. More than 750 formerly incarcerated women to sue the state over sex abuse in prisons and jails. The story is by Raga Justin. She reports that uh, through the recently passed Adult Survivors Act, lawsuits on behalf of hundreds of formerly incarcerated women are to be filed next week against the State Department of Corrections, alleging they were sexually assaulted by staff while in custody and that the agency failed to intervene and stop the abuse to... Law firms that specialize in sexual abuse and personal injury litigation have just announced they plan to file the claims on behalf of more than 750 women who allege they were sexually abused while being held in custody or serving sentences at a handful of facilities around New York State. The firms issued a statement saying New York State, quote, was aware of and failed to respond to an environment of rampant and unchecked sexual assault and harassment. A report on file with the Department of Corrections indicates there were 511 allegations of sexual victimization by inmates across all facilities in 2018. Lawsuits are scheduled to be filed in one week. That's when a one-year window opens for claims to be filed under the Adult Survivors Act. That legislation allows for people who were over the age of 18 when sexual abuse occurred to sue their alleged abusers or the institutions that harbored them, temporarily lifting the statute of limitations that had prevented them from bringing claims. They noted that most of the people involved could not pursue claims until after they had been released from custody, which was often after the expiration of the statute of limitations. So some important news involving New York State prisons. It's 9.53. This is Bob Joseph at News Radio WNBF. Of course, this is the place where we bring you news of Binghamton and beyond on the air and, of course, online at WNBF.com. Remember, for news on demand, you can catch it all on air. Well, news on demand, really, online, WNBF.com. Any time, day or night, just go to the website. But also listen for all the news, including First News Binghamton with James Kelly and Kathy White. Weekday mornings, right here, 6 to 9 on News Radio. WNBF. Hi, I'm Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290. WNBF. Nine fifty-seven WNBF WNBF dot com. With Bob Joseph, as we take a look at uh, some of the stories making the news, you can get details, of course, on these stories at WNBF dot com. So, Broome County could buy almost three hundred acres of land in the town of Union and Maine. This uh, property is located about midway between 
Route 17 in the airport. So part of it is in the town of Union. Most of it seems to be in the town of Maine. So 290 or so acres, as uh, Broome County Executive Jason Garner has said on this program, there's a need for developable land. He said there's not a lot of land that is shovel-ready for businesses to come in and start up new operations to create lots of good, high-paying jobs. So the county is now considering the possibility of spending about $1.5 million to buy the property. The agency is prepared to pay $5,000 an acre for the land. $5,000 an acre for about 290 acres. It is more than three times the amount that was determined by an appraiser hired by the IDA. Board member Richard Bucci had expressed concerns about the move to, in his words, toss that professional aside, referring to the appraiser who took a look at these three parcels of land and determined it should go for this much an acre. Well, now the county is prepared to pay potentially more than three times what the appraiser suggested it was worth of course let's face it nobody's ever compelled to sell land to the government so basically if you know that you have land the government wants you can ask for as much money as you want up to a point once they get tired of negotiating then they can do what Johnson City did. Johnson City wanted that property on um, Lester Avenue, 60 Lester Avenue. And uh, they ultimately took it, I believe, by eminent domain. So that's how it works. They'll negotiate up to a point, And then if they get tired of negotiating and you don't want to sell your land, they'll use eminent domain. It's 10 o'clock. This is News Radio. Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 8.04. Winds out of the northwest, 18 miles an hour, gusting to 24, or 32 degrees right now at 10.05. Feels more like it's about 21. For us, we have no forecast like Buffalo to be, can be thankful for that. Just a 40% chance of rain or snow showers throughout the day today, little in the way of accumulation and a high in the mid-30s. The first Broome County passengers to board a direct flight from the Greater Binghamton Airport to Florida in years are enjoying that weather this morning. 
Avello Airlines took off on its inaugural flight out of the Binghamton, headed to Orlando last evening, just two and a half months after the new service was announced. The low-cost airline will be flying on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Broome County and Avello Air officials announced in August that there would finally be a second commercial airline serving the greater Binghamton airport. Since the exit of several other carriers over the years, Delta has been the only passenger service with flights only going to the hub in Detroit. Avello had planned to offer service not only to Orlando but to Fort Myers, Florida, but those plans have been waylaid by the destruction in western Florida left by Hurricane Ian on September 28th. The company is hoping to add those destinations back once the recovery in the Gulf Coast is through and allows. Avello says it was founded with a vision to help customers save money and with low-cost fares and options to change or cancel itineraries with no extra fees. A reception to welcome the service was held last evening. Meanwhile, shortly after that announcement, if you remember, at the new service in Binghamton, Delta announced in October that it's going to start offering two flights to the LaGuardia Airport instead of the Detroit hub in January. WMBF News Time 1006. Village of Owego police are assuring residents that there was no danger to the public after there had been a report of a gunshot victim in the area of North Avenue and George Street on Tuesday evening. Authorities say the 29-year-old Owego man was taken to the hospital for treatment of his injuries and then released. Police say they determined the gunshot wound was a result of an accidental firing of the gun. Authorities did not release the name of the man who was injured. Police say the firearm that was involved in the incident was recovered. Meanwhile, the investigation is continuing. Amazon has begun mass layoffs in its corporate ranks, becoming the latest tech company to trim its workforce amid rising fears about the wider economic environment. Tuesday, the company notified regional authorities in California that it would lay off about 260 workers at various facilities that employ data scientists, software engineers, and other corporate workers. Now, one year ago to the day, Amazon opened its new distribution facility on Carlin Road in Conklin at the Broom Corporate Park. Since its start of operation in the early morning hours of November 17, 2021, little has been heard from the new warehouse in Broom County. Amazon officials, even on the day when the trucks began driving in and out of the distribution center, would not comment on how many people were employed at the operation. Over the past several months, workers at warehouses around the country, including at two Amazon facilities, on Staten Island and a facility in Albany had held votes on forming a union with mixed success. The online retail giant saw sizable profits during the COVID-19 pandemic as homebound shoppers purchased more items online, but revenue growth slowed as the worst of the pandemic eased and consumers relied less on e-commerce. For a second time in the past couple of weeks, emergency services dispatch operators in the region are reporting a large increase in the number of collisions involving vehicles and deer on southern tier roadways, and they say even more are expected in the next few days. Besides the animals being stirred up by the fall rut and looking for diminishing food sources, hunters are about to make things more populate more complicated with a deer population. The regular deer hunting season in the southern zone begins Saturday. It continues through December 11th. Early bow hunting and crossbow seasons are already underway. Emergency calls also normally increase at the start of hunting season. A majority of calls generally involve health issues ranging from people falling out of deer stands to heart and other emergencies. Rarely are there incidents of mistaken identity with hunters shooting another hunter. 
According to the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation hunting safety statistics, last year had the fewest number of hunting-related shootings since the state's hunter safety program was signed into law in 1949. In the late 1940s, the average hunting incident rate was 22.3 per 100,000 hunters. In 2021, there were nine incidents reported, one fatal. Most of those incidents were hunters accidentally shooting themselves. One hunter died, and that was involved with a hunter not wearing any fluorescent orange or pink being mistaken for game and shot by a hunting partner. Motorists and non-hunters, meanwhile, should be aware of hunters in the woods and the possibility of more deer being driven toward roadways, even outside the normal high-activity times for those animals around sunset and sunrise. WMBF News Time, 1010. Hey, it's- the WMBF Twin Tiers forecast clouds today, a 40% chance of rain and snow showers, a high in the mid-30s, mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. For tomorrow, it's a slight chance of rain and snow showers for the afternoon with increasing clouds and a high in the upper 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid-30s. Sunday, mostly sunny and a high in the low 30s. And Monday, mostly sunny and a high rebounding to the low 40s. Currently, it's 32 in Binghamton. Again, winds have picked up out of the west, steady at 18 miles an hour, gusting to 24. The wind chill is at 21. It's 10-12, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live on a Thursday morning at News Radio. WNBF taking your calls now at 607-772-1290. Give me a call and let's talk. Yes, indeed. We welcome you to another big hour of my favorite radio program. Of course, other radio programs are provided here on WNBF, including Dan Bongino, coming up from noon to 3 on News Radio WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Well, Democrats in New York State may wind up pushing for a new chair of the party. Jay Jacobs. Jay Jacobs is currently the chair of the party. I don't believe I've ever had the pleasure to speak with Mr. Jacobs, but um, he has been the chair of the Democratic Party in New York State for several years now. I believe he was hand-picked by Andrew Cuomo. Remember that former guy? Anyway, uh, there seems to be some dissatisfaction among a certain faction of New York State Democrats, and it seems that some of them want Jay Jacobs replaced as the Democratic chair of New York State. Now, some of the county leaders, though, are supporting him. 
Zach Fink. Zach Fink from Spectrum News. He has uh, tweeted a list of county Democratic leaders who have signed on supporting the state chair, Jay Jacobs, and Broome County Democratic Chair Barbara Fiala is supporting him. Democratic, or Tioga County Democratic Party Chair Max Delapia also supporting him. Uh, support also, according to this, from Cortland County's Timothy Perfetti, Shenango County's Patricia Giltner, Delaware County's Kathleen Hayek, Linda Hoffman in Tompkins County. So uh, most of the Democratic Party county chairs around here, including Sean Hogan in Steuben County, they have signed a message that says, We, the undersigned county chair, support Chairman Jay Jacobs and our state party. So, so it is the majority of chair Democratic county chairs across the state who say they support Jay Jacobs. But uh, some of the Democratic chairpersons in New York City are not on board. So we'll see what happens. Of course, New York City, with its big population, especially big population of Democrats, they'll potentially hold more sway over what happens with the state party. Than people in Podunk. Ten sixteen WNBF. Let us go to the phones now. John and Vestal. Good morning. I have a question to ask you. Uh, I heard they're not going to broadcast the BU basketball on the radio this year. Is Bob Roger Neal's not helping out this year? Well, he won't be on the radio. He may be. He definitely yeah. will be involved in some other capacities, but it's not going to be on. News Radio WNBF. Okay, another question to ask. Would it be possible to get Ravel on there maybe? Roger and we'll do a little talk about the coming season, like tell people starting five and the first two guys off the bench and a little bit about the program, who they're playing all this year? Well, anything's possible. I'll see if uh, any other listeners want to hear that. Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks for the uh, questions and the suggestion. Yeah, if uh, other listeners want to hear that indicate by sending an email to bob at wnbf.com well speaking of email it's been a little while since i've checked email let's see if we have any thoughtful emails here um oh here's a thoughtful email dave from binghamton said he is happy to hear uh, the reporting on the ida property purchase vote, which, to be fair, in the interest of full disclosure, that vote happened several days ago, and we did talk about it, also to be fair, with the county executive a week ago today. Uh, That story was, as they say, the story was in the pipeline now for uh, over a week, and I I concede we, we only managed to finally cobbled together a fine article for WNBF.com yesterday, just because just because um, news flow 
news flow. Every time that I was getting set to do the story about the prospective land purchase halfway between the airport and Route 17, it seems something else came up. And I can't, it's one thing about news, you can't control breaking news, so you have to perform news triage. So, thank you, Dave. By the way, thanks to everybody who helps to keep us informed of things that are going on. We do our best. Uh, try to keep things reported in a timely fashion, but I'll be the first to admit. I can't get to as many stories on any given day as I would like. But I, I certainly, every day I strive. I strive to give you uh, as, as many original stories as, as possible. Again, within the constraints of everything else that needs to be done someday i'll tell you everything else that needs to be done around here it's 1019 bob joseph on wnbf of course to the point about local news if you do like seeing some interesting stories listen to this new yorkers plan less travel for thanksgiving this year that's at wnbf.com here's another one new york's seven coziest small towns that you should visit right now on wnbf.com Oh, here's one. What's the best alcohol for Thanksgiving dinner? Ten fascinating courses you can take at Broome County Colleges. Let's see, what else do we have here? $450,000 found in wheelchair at New York Airport. So, WNBF.com is the place for the news. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Looking for- News Radio 1290 WNBF. 1022, Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. It's a Thursday morning. And no, we're not going to get four feet of snow. We aren't, but people in western New York could, they claim. <laughs> I, uh, what can I tell you? I, I'm not happy about it either. I know people who live very close to the bullseye. And um, to be honest with you, it's my favorite phrase, to be honest with you. It's like, what? Aren't you usually honest with us? Uh, So anyway, to be honest with you, I can tell you that the people I know in western New York are definitely not going to be looking forward to shoveling four feet of snow. Four feet I mean, we know it's they're they're going to deal with lake effect, so they have a lake effect snow warning that will be in effect for the next day or so. I'm looking at the forecast for that Buffalo area. So, depending exactly where in Western New York you look at the forecast, uh, some of the forecasts say one to three feet of snow. Some people are claiming maybe as much as four feet. 
winds gusting to as high as 35 miles an hour. So, hey, if you like to travel to uh, places like Buffalo or Hamburg, um, good luck with that. They said travel will be very difficult to impossible. The heavy snow also could bring down tree limbs and cause scattered power outages. So that's what our neighbors in western New York can look forward to. And we can't be too smug because, let's face it, we know we know what we could get. We, we learned that. We learned that with uh, the profound winter storm there in December of 2020, which technically was a late autumn a storm. It was still, still hadn't actually become winter based on the calendar. But you never know. You never know. We've been knock on whatever you knock on here at the studio. Uh, we've been lucky. I'll say lucky or fortunate to have decent decent weather for the last few weeks see how much longer our our luck can hold up Uh, right now though it's 1026 WNBF um, instead of pontificating so much about the forecast for western New York here's our official forecast for the Binghamton area today cloudy chance of rain and snow showers this afternoon high 36 Daytime snow accumulation less than a half inch, mostly cloudy tonight, low 26. Increasing clouds tomorrow with a slight chance of rain and snow. High 38 and Saturday, mostly sunny, high 34. So taken in its entirety, forecast isn't that bad. It's not It's not like it was a week ago, but it's not as bad as some people are going to experience. Right now it's 37 in downtown Binghamton at News Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. Coming up next, we deal with the topic everybody has been waiting for. I know what you've been waiting for, and you've been patient. So coming up in mere moments, we address the topic that you've been waiting for. This is Bob Joseph live Thursday morning on WNBF. Open. Real radio for real people. Bob Joseph live at News Radio WNBF. She's not there. Well. We have taken over. Congress, Nancy Pelosi, has been fired. Isn't that nice? 
So Nancy Pelosi, in uh, a matter of minutes, could announce her decision. And according to the New York Times, Democrats are bracing for Speaker Pelosi, the first woman to hold the post and their leader for the past two decades, to announce her future plans in the new Congress a day after Democrats lost control of the House of Representatives, confirming that Ms. Pelosi's historic tenure as Speaker would come to an end in January. The question of what she would do next hung heavily over Democrats who've been awaiting a decision from her before they engage in any public jockeying over who might succeed her at the helm of their caucus. So there you go. I had to throw it out there. I can't believe nobody has brought it up. But anyway, what say you? Everybody should weigh in on this because this is a very, very important moment for America for the future. Let's go to the phones. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob, do you have me? Yeah, I have you. Oh, this is uh, Bob from Maine. Yes, good morning. Airport, Airport Road, Bob. Yeah. Listen, I have a question. Um, where exactly is that property the IDA is trying to buy? Because... Um, contrary to what Mr. Gardner said the other day on the radio, nobody in the town of Maine has talked to anybody about this uh, project. Nobody's talked to the uh, clerks. Nobody's talked to the zoning. Nobody's talked to anybody on the planning board. Um, so I'm kind of curious if this is just another one of those IDA push it through, uh, let's spend some money like the uh, sewer project that they spent $15 million on it about eight years ago that's sitting in the ground doing nothing because it doesn't work. So can you tell me about where it is? Yeah, it's about halfway between Route 17 and the airport. It's almost exactly halfway. Well, you, know where the, you know where the cemetery is? Yes. Well, across so from the cemetery? it's across from the cemetery on Airport Road, and then... There's one parcel, I think, that's on Airport Road, and then two other parcels that are on East Main Road. So it's a total of 290 acres. Okay, so here's here's part of the problem, okay? Um, it's a residential area. Um, they have an industrial park right there at Chokin' Center that's only half full. They have all kinds of warehouse and commercial space in a commercial area another mile and a half up the road, and they're going to have to change the zoning in two different towns, town of Maine and what, town of Binghamton? Town of Union. Town of Union and the town of Maine. That's part of the town of Maine. Across from the cemetery is where the town of Maine starts. Right. So most of it seems to be in the town of Maine. A little bit seems to be in the town of Union. Well, I, I don't think it's uh, insurmountable. I, I've seen town boards deal with tougher issues in the past. Well, I, first of all, Airport Road has more traffic than it can handle now between the dump um, and now you added the airport. Um, nobody respects any of those laws going up. I mean, from Ariel Drive to Choking at Center, uh, if you're not doing 65 miles an hour, um, you're in everybody's way. Um, my question is, um, there is no going to be no access that's, you know, DOT. I can't see DOT approving any access from Airport Road because, one, you have... Well, first of all, there. DOT has no say in it. Airport Road, is, Airport Road is a county road. DOT 
as far as I know, state DOT will have to butt out because DOT no, will have to stand down. No, they won't. They have to do all kinds of uh, um, uh, surveys. They have to do, um, I don't remember the numbers, but there's uh, all kinds of, uh, Bob, so- uh, John Solak calls in. He would know all the things. Uh, they need to do a, a study of uh, traffic patterns and how they're going to access because you're changing the the whole flow. All right, so I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I was just curious. No, I'm I'm um, unaware of how the DOT can stick its nose into uh, traffic patterns on Airport Road or East Main Road. DOT has, I don't think DOT they can study all they want. I don't think they could stop the county or the two towns from giving the go ahead for for an industrial development there. When they tried to do the, the sports dome, um, all the residents tried to squash the sports dome. Um, and well, then, and then what did DOT have to say about it? Well, the problem was they have. Uh, I talked to DOT a number of times, and the state and uh, IDA have to uh, apply for uh, some kind of form. There's a there's a number. I'd have to pull out my my book and get all the forms from when that happened. But here's what I'll do is I'm actually going to the town of Maine today to see what else anybody knows. I, I talked to somebody yesterday. It's on the planning board and zoning board and nobody knows anything. So I'm going to go and see what I can find out. I'll give you a call when I find some information. Yeah. It's an interesting project because that, that would be huge. I know, but wait, it's, it's, Way out of whack with the money, okay? And the amount of money. Yeah, but what if what if they could get like one of those micron uh, fab projects there, and they could employ thousands of people and make lots of money and lots of chips? Well, here's my I'm I'm the most optimistic pessimist in the world. Okay, I'm I'm an optimistic uh, dreamer, but I I don't even see how they're going to find 500 people to work at the battery plant in Endicott. Because there are no people out there that want to work anymore. I know every industry in the area, uh, restaurants, bartenders, I go out every day, I talk to people, I eat out every day. I I know people that you know, um, they can't get help. I mean, I had contractors trying to get me to go back to work at 70 years old because they can't find anybody that they can count on 40 hours a week. There's just, there's... I, I don't see all these jobs happening. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But and what you say about every every business, small and large, having trouble getting adequate people—it's true. I was talking to the guy from Burn Dairy a Wednesday afternoon, and even though they have had the Endicott store open now since May, and they just opened their Endwell store yesterday they're still hiring because it's it's hard and and granted i understand those are not high paying necessarily attractive jobs to support a family but they're doing their best to have enough people at all their new stores but i hear that story all over the place even even at high-end restaurants even at at um bae systems they're trying to hire engineers i don't know how many engineering jobs are available at BAE and Endicott, dozens, dozens, the last I knew, and they're having trouble filling those jobs. So your your point is accurate right now. 
So, you know, here's another one. Matthews, Galt, Chevrolet, they both, uh, you know, between them, they probably lost at least 25 or 30 mechanics because Lockheed Martin's starting pay for those type of uh, skills is 40000 a year with four weeks paid vacation and uh, benefits. Yeah, it's so, hard It's hard to compete with um, with a, a big uh, international international yeah. company, even if you're a, a, a pretty high-volume automobile dealer around here it's hard to compete with with the likes of bae systems or lockheed so listen at some point in time i i'd really like to see if uh you could get me connected with john because he seems to know all the ins and outs about government and i'm to the point now where i need to figure out somebody smarter than me and look into some of these things i mean just the money they're going to spend is outrageous for, and there's no access. Go up to the airport, go to the cemetery, and you tell me how you're going to get across that creek up onto that three, 300 acres without building a bridge. Well, they'll build a bridge if they're going to spend if they're going to spend one and a half million dollars for the land. If they're going to pay five thousand dollars an acre for the land. I guess they would have enough money somewhere to buy a or to build a bridge over the creek. I'm just curious who's getting rich on this project. Well, well not, not you or me, that's for sure. Right. But I'll, I'll keep you informed. <laughs> okay, yeah, keep me in the loop. If you see them start if if you see them starting to build an industrial park or anything, give me a call. Well, I'll find out before they start breaking ground, I hope. <laughs> oh, you will. But yeah, you'll be my eyes and ears up up on Airport Road. Thank you, Bob. Hey, I really need to get, like I said, if you can connect me with John. Well, we don't do that. This is not a dating service. So thank you. It's, um, yeah, I know. it. I've had other people want to be connected with other listeners. I, I can't and I won't. Yeah, that's. On the other hand, if John wants to call him, he, he certainly could. But I we don't, we can't connect people. And who knows where that could lead? Anyway, getting back to what I was talking there uh, right before Bob from Airport Road called about Nancy Pelosi. Everybody, everybody, everybody is excited now about the future of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I am. You are. The world is. So what's going to happen? Now, in fairness, in fairness to Nancy Pelosi, given what happened with her husband a few weeks ago, if I were her, I would just quit. I would, I'm, I'm not even saying quit as Speaker, just, you know, until her term as Speaker of the House wraps up in early January, stay on, preside over the House while it's still controlled by Democrats, and then when Republicans take over, just quit. I bet she has enough money. I bet she and her husband have enough money to be able to buy some Ben & Jerry's ice cream they could afford to buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream every week for the rest of their lives. That's my opinion. I don't have proof. I don't think they'll have financial problems. So I would say at this stage, if I were Nancy Pelosi, who wants to stick around when you no longer have power? She's been in power for a long time in the House of Representatives. So now would be a grand time to announce her plans to call it a career and say i've i've done and done and done for you kids and this is the thanks i get that's what she could say at a news conference this afternoon and just 
basically say, hey, I'm out of here. I have no more need. I have my husband. I have my ice cream. I have my residence in beautiful California, home of $7 a gallon gasoline. And that's another thing. She can afford the gasoline, I bet, for her Tesla. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Bob Carmen, uh, Kirkwood. Yeah, what's up? Uh, you were just talking about Nancy Pelosi, and I heard on a newscast somewhere that uh, she might be considered for an ambassadorship to Italy. That would be good. I think I think yeah, that would be, be that would be a good place. Um, she could yeah. get a, a a little villa yeah. with, with her husband, and they can uh, enjoy the life of yeah. That'd of, be a great place yeah. to retire, or at least as a, another place to be. Yeah, and they probably have great Italian food there. I could imagine. Do you think? Do you think uh, President Biden would? Uh, be willing to appoint her to be an ambassador to Italy? I that's that's what the newscast said that I heard that that he was he would probably he might do that. I don't know how accurate my information is. But that would be a great job for her. Yeah, now that you mention it, I I missed this, missed it earlier um, back in September the New York Post actually reported this. Um well actually Let's see, who did they cite? Oh, the incredible, impeccable Maria Bartiromo reported on Fox Business Network, and this goes back to September. It said Nancy Pelosi may be looking for a change of scenery, and according to the one and only Maria Bartiromo, uh, she reported that uh, Pelosi wants Biden to nominate her to be ambassador to Italy if the Republicans regain control of the House. And remember, that was a couple of months before the election. And now that the Republicans are clearly going to control the House starting in January, as I said, why would she want to stay around? Would you? No way. I mean, even... She's been very well in control of the house every time she's been in there. So why uh, why stay there now, out of power, when she could go to a job like Italy ambassador? Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Well, thanks for calling that to my attention because I had missed that story previously, and we'll see what she announces. Hopefully, she'll make her announcement known by uh, by noon today, so we can comment on it. Okay. Thanks a lot for all the information you give on your show. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Forming the public and also listening to uh, the views of people around here, as well as elsewhere, who may be listening in via the WNBF app. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Dale from Benson. Hey, Dale. What's up? Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I just heard that on the radio here. and. Uh, um, I, I I don't express my opinion, but well, what do you think? I mean, obviously, she has given her life for the United States of America to serve all the great people of this country, and uh, now 
if uh, as as uh, Maria Bartiromo reported, now if she wants to be the ambassador to Italy, you think she should get it? I think she should go to hell. Go to heck. Oh, okay. Well, everybody has an opinion. Personally, personally, that's not something I would condone, and I would never say that sort of thing on the radio. It's 1048 News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. That's... That's not very sportsmanlike. 607-772-1290. Let's try to take the high road on this Thursday. Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And, of course, streaming at WNBF.com. Train to Georgia. See Herschel. Ten fifty three. This is Bob Joseph live, doing the best job possible under the circumstances. Jim in Endwell. Good morning. Good morning. I think for your song in between segments, you should do another brick from the wall. I just left the uh, great brick giveaway. From the IBM Country Club, there's quite a few people here, and um, Action News 12 is here right now also. You're kidding. Action News and a crew? The Action News team? Yes, Number two, yes, Channel 12 is here, and I can't even get out of the side street. There's so many cars pulling up to get their bricks. Oh, my goodness. What about Jim Emke from, <laughs> um, from uh, News Channel 34? Did you see Jim Emke there yet? Nope. Okay. No, I just on Channel 12. All right. And nobody yet from Fox 40? No, it's kind of funny watching. I mean, people, they got a big pile of bricks, and you just go grab them. But people are, like, trying to pick the nicest bricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like every year with pumpkins. They, they put a big pile of pumpkins, and then people spend about 20 minutes trying to find the perfect pumpkin. That's right. You don't want to get a bad brick. <laughs> Yeah, but to your point, another another brick in the wall. I like that. Yeah, just wanted to... Actually, I stole it from uh, Kathy. That's what she said when I told her what I was calling about, so i got to give her credit. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I hope you have a great okay, day. Okay, that's it. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Another brick in the wall. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ah, <laughs> sorry. Eh... You never know, and that's the truth. You never know. So if you're going over to get a a brick, well, by the way, next hour we'll call it Brick Radio 1290. So for everybody going over to uh, Watson Boulevard to get their brick, call in. I'll be taking calls next hour. Everybody, if you're going to get a brick or if you already got a brick, you can call us because everybody, isn't it true, everybody wants a brick? 607-772-1290. 607-772-1290. At News Radio, WNBF, 
don't know if you have to sign any forms. I don't think you have to sign any forms. Oh, I see the guy from Action News just wrote, more bricks are on the way. Hold on a second. This is uh, Matthew Banninger from Action News. Hold on. That was on Twitter. Thank you, Matthew Banninger. On Twitter, he says, more bricks are on the way. (laughs) Brick watch. The brick watch never stops. Traffic and bricks together every 10 minutes on News Radio WNBF. <laughs> Traffic and bricks together. It has a nice ring to it. Let's see what else. They're still on Pelosi watch, too. I really would love it. I would love it if Nancy Pelosi would call in to announce her decision so we would have a global exclusive. Hello. Hello, Bob. This is Nancy Pelosi at the Capitol. I thought I would give you a global exclusive about my plans. And then I go report to ABC News and AP and a Fox News channel, and it turns out that I was punked. was not Nancy Pelosi after all, but how should I know? Because it was just a phone call. Hello, Nancy Pelosi here, Speaker of the House. I love your program. Whenever I'm driving through Binghamton, I always listen to Binghamton now. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Eric from Enwell. Hey, Eric. Did you get a brick? I'm sitting here now. That's why I called you. You can't. There's hundreds of people here. I cannot believe it. Is it brick madness? Yeah, they have the pile of brick. You get to pick two, and I'm not here for bricks. I'm just here. can't believe all these people are sitting here. Well, it's, be- it's lucky for you. It's not too far from, from your home. I mean, it's what's it, about two miles? Uh, not even two miles, right? Correct. Yeah, I was driving by. I had to do some business in John City. And uh, I had to call you and tell you. I mean, the news is here. Too bad you were on the radio. You could be here watching this, too. Yeah, I just saw that thing from uh, Matthew Benninger up at uh, 12 News. He, he uh, put a, a quick video, a short video on on Twitter, so I saw the bricks. Man, this is exciting. I just watched the guy put a slab in his back of his truck. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> you know, when I uh, had asked, I had asked um, Jason Garner a few weeks ago when they had the big announcement there, and they had that cornerstone from 1951 with the plaque with the message from Thomas Watson on top. I had asked politely to the county executive if he would let me keep that cornerstone that says 1951, if I could keep it till next spring when they plan to open it, and then it, it would be safe. And he said, no. Yeah, that's the time capsule you're talking about. Right? Yes, yeah, because I, I thought, you know... It, It'd be better for me to hold on to it for safekeeping than to have who knows who. You know, what if they lose it? Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be moving that thing around. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I'm so gonna take some pictures for you. I'll send them to you. Okay. If you send me some pictures, could I use some of them on our website? You have permission. Okay. And uh, thank They're still you. Coming in. They're still pulling in from all directions. All right. Hey, thank you, Eric. Appreciate the update. Okay. Hey, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Well, there you go. Brick Radio 1290. The Brick Watch 
never stops. As my friend Jethro Tool once said, thick as a brick. <laughs> I know what you're saying. No, you no need to send me an email. I know what you're thinking. I know. I can read your mind. I have a talent, a gift. It's 11 o'clock. Bob Joseph, live news radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, after that bit of snow that we had yesterday that quickly melted, a cloudy day for us today with about a 40% chance of mixed snow and rain showers switching back and forth throughout the day. As far as snow accumulation, less than a half inch, a high today getting into the 30s. The Broome County Sheriff's Office is turning to social media in a search for a burglary suspect. Officials posted to the Sheriff's Office Facebook page yesterday that they were looking for information concerning a man caught on surveillance video earlier that morning at the the door of a Windsor business. The posting from the sheriff's office does not give information about the name of the business or its location. The man is seen on a small front porch of the business and peering in the windows of the door. The man appears to be white with a scruffy beard growth. He was wearing a winter jacket with a hood pulled over his head. The subject appears to be of stocky or heavy build and was wearing several layers of clothing. The video shows he has light-colored shirt under a V-neck pullover and the coat over the top. The man was also wearing gloves and dark-colored pants. He may have had casual shoes, but one viewer commented that it appeared the subject was wearing slippers. The man appears to be in his 30s. Anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Brown at 607-778-2055 or the anonymous tip line at 607-778-1196. Tips can also be filed online at gobroomcounty.com slash sheriff slash crime info tips. The video is not time stamped. It does not say what time in the early morning hours of Wednesday that the burglary happened. Almost 300 acres of land in the towns of Union and Maine may be purchased by the Broome County Industrial Development Agency looking for building a new industrial park. The Broome County IDA is acquiring an option to purchase three parcels along Airport Road and East Main Road, about halfway between Route 17 and the Greater Binghamton Airport. The Broome County Executive Jason Garner says businesses seeking new locations sometimes are looking for large sites with access to utilities. And the industrial park that was developed in Kirkwood almost 40 years ago is filled up. The IDA has approved a measure that would result in spending nearly $1.5 million, about $5,000 an acre, to buy around 290 acres. The price being considered is more than three times the value that was determined by an IDA-hired appraiser, which IDA board member Richard Bucci says has him concerned. The county executive says discussions have started with the town of Union and Maine officials about zoning changes and utility work that would be needed for future development projects, and there is environmental work needed to assess the lot's suitability for possible development. The county likely would seek state grant money to help cover the site preparation costs. Pennsylvania Governor-elect Josh Shapiro is beginning the transition to his new job, pledging to work constructively with lawmakers and pledging to remain as Attorney General until he takes office as governor in January. Shapiro gave his first Capitol News conference yesterday as he navigates the massive task of sorting through the many applications to fill out top posts in his administration, selecting a cabinet, and getting his arms around a government of the nation's fifth most populous state. 
Shapiro appeared yesterday with outgoing Governor, fellow Democrat Tom Wolf, and Lieutenant Governor-elect Austin Davis at a news conference and voiced confidence in a smooth transition. Shapiro, the state's two-term attorney general, scored a massive 14 percentage point win over conservative Republican rival Doug Mastriano in last week's midterm election in spite of Mastriano's staunch support of former President Donald Trump and Trump's endorsement. Shapiro has become the first candidate since 1966 to succeed the governor of the same party in Pennsylvania. No rough weather is being forecast for us for today. Once again, they're keeping an eye on western New York with lake effect snow projected for Buffalo, and they're still saying there's a possibility for several feet of snow in northern New York above Syracuse and the Tug Hill Plateau as well as Buffalo. So if you do have travel plans for the weekend out that way. Keep that in mind. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today. Clouds. We have a 40% chance of snow and rain showers back and forth, maybe even mixing at times. Snow accumulations less than a half inch today, a high in the mid-30s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. Friday, increasing clouds, a slight chance of afternoon snow showers, a high in the upper 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid-30s. And Sunday, partly sunny, high in the low to mid-30s. So our news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Bob Joseph, live, Brick Radio 1290, WMBF. The massive brick giveaway continues. Thousands and thousands of lucky listeners will be eligible to get a brick. Yeah, we should have done a a special promotion and really rebranded for the month of November as Brick Radio 1290 and uh, take the 12th caller. Caller number 12 now at 607-772-1290 to participate. <laughs> brick madness. I don't know. Is it brick madness or brick mania? Who knows? Anyway, if you're uh, going to get a brick, hope you choose a nice one. And uh, those who are getting bricks now should call in and uh, describe the experience. If you describe your experience this hour on WNBF, some of your descriptions may be used in our coverage of the massive brick giveaway at the old IBM Country Club. Who knew that it would turn into such an amazing cultural event? I would say it's even transformative. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, this is the Brick House former amateur boxer in the 1970s, DJ from Binghamton. You know, Bobby should have played that song, She's a Brick, that 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 house. That was a good song. Well, I didn't play it. Mm, I, yeah. I think I played that yesterday. Did you really? Hey, somebody told me that uh, Nancy Pelosi and her husband's moving down to uh, Orlando to the Disney. 
I hope so. Or if not, if not Disney, maybe to uh, Italy. I like the idea that she could become the ambassador to Italy. Well, you know something. I, I woke up this morning at five o'clock in the morning, and I heard to go turn on the TV. I knew that, and and I went in. I got one in every room, so I went into the kitchen. And I turned on the TV, and I saw Kevin McCarthy saying, is "That his name, Kevin McCarthy." We fired Nancy Pelosi. It looked like what? <laughs> He's happy today, Bob. Well, I never saw such a happy camper. He was the happiest camper I've seen in in months. He was not as happy as me though, and you, but he was happy. Well, for someone who he has to work in D.C., I mean, the good thing for us is we oh, don't have God. to work in D.C. We we can live I know. we can live in in the Binghamton area and enjoy life. If you have to work in D.C., then you have to put on your D.C. hat. So you're either going to be in the government or be a lobbyist or something. I mean, not not that there's anything wrong with that, but come on, man this this is the life. The Binghamton area is the life. D.C. That's not the life. You know, Bob, we could stand on the East Clinton Street Bridge and throw a line in the water, and we could fish on free <laughs> fishing days in Binghamton. Well, yeah, we could get some uh, fish sticks, and we could get some fish sticks. We could get two fish sticks and uh, five loaves. And then we could have a Bob Joseph live convention. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Cheryl, town of Binghamton. Hey, what's up? Hey, I got a question. I don't know if you or any of your listeners know, what is going in at the old Knights of Columbus building on Park Avenue? Well, yeah, let's throw that out there, because I I was just over there the other day, and when I stopped by and took a peek, I took a peek, and I I couldn't find anybody uh, immediately at hand, so I was going to... I was going to wander in. Then I thought, well, maybe they don't want me to wander in. I mean, there was there was somebody in there, but I I felt a little, you know, I was hoping to see somebody when I peered in, but yeah. So I, um, yeah, I've but, but I've looked it up online. I can't find. I anything. know. All I can tell you, based on what I saw, it's it's beautiful. It does. It looks very nice. Yeah, I didn't so. see inside, but you know, from the outside, they've done quite a bit of work. Yeah, they've been good. working on that now for months. So, yeah, if they want to call us uh, or listeners, if they they know what's going on over there on Park Avenue, that'd be great. Okay, great. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Eleven fourteen WNBF. We ask a few questions and get a few answers. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name's Al. I'm calling from Endwell. Hi, Al. Hi. Uh, I am calling to see. I thought you had a comp- contest going on. Is that not the case? No, that's not the case. That was that was an imaginary. That was an imaginary thing. If if we had planned ahead before the brick giveaway, before the county, the agency, and then the LaChase people actually came up with their free brick giveaway for everybody in America. But if we had played our cards right, we would have worked with them to come up with a, a WNBF promotion. But that's what it would have sounded like. So, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was just a it was just a sight kind of thing. So yeah. anyway, all right. Well, I'm on the air. How about uh, how about Mr. Trump uh, declaring that he wants to run for president? Um, I think he's a lame duck. 
and I think that he uh, he could be a detriment to the party at this point due to the fact that his well his daughter I guess doesn't want anything to do with politics anymore. His two sons would probably be helping him with things, but uh, I don't know. I think that maybe uh, maybe Ron DeSantis might be the the up and comer. Yeah, I would say uh, for the party's sake, I would say the the better the better choice would be DeSantis. But um, from say if you're a Democrat, I would say if you're a Democrat, you would want Trump to win uh, to be running in 2024. So I think Democrats for Trump that way they could raise money to encourage him to become the nominee, and then whoever they put on against him probably will win easily. I would have to agree with you, Mr. Joseph, on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it, yep. it, it sounds cynical, and it does sound cynical. I admit it, but I'm afraid it's true. So I, I appreciate, I appreciate your call. Sorry, sorry, I don't have an actual brick to give to you. Next time that they tear down an old IBM building, I'll, uh, I'll make sure I make arrangements in advance so we can have exclusive rights to, to souvenir bricks. Well, we're all just another brick in the wall anyway. So <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your time. Yep, have a great day. It's 1117. This is Bob Joseph live, WNBF taking the calls. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ah, Joan from Binghamton. Hey, Joan. Hi. Geez, I hear you talking about Nancy Pelosi. There's been rumors about her leaving the country for quite a while. Ever since they thought that, uh, you know, the Republicans would take over the House. Um, I mean, the subpoenas are going to start flying as soon as the Republicans get in there and form their committees. And she's going to, what did she know and when did she know it? You know, she's got probably more information on January 6th than uh, anybody you could subpoena. I think it's pretty safe to say that they can't compel Nancy Pelosi to testify. Well, they're trying to make the president. <laughs> oh, I know what they're trying to do. I mean, they're salivating. You can you can sense the anticipation now with the uh, House Republicans. They're looking forward to creating as much havoc and chaos as possible over the next two years. So, yeah, it's going to be, from a talk show standpoint, it'll be great fun. From a governing standpoint, not so much. Well, I want to see the videos before it was even breached with the Proud Boys and the... Uh... Uh, what's the other ones? The uh, there's two two groups there inside uh, with FBI agents dressed as Proud Boys, etc. Inside the the Capitol, even before it was breached. There's videos of it supposedly. And there's the key word supposedly. Supposedly, there are a lot of things supposedly that happened on Insurrection Day. Supposedly this and supposedly that, but. Those reports, once you look further into them, appear to be completely erroneous. Well, that's what we'll see. Yeah, that's what we'll see. And the great thing is, we're going to see it together, starting in early January. The Republicans can uh, they can they can taste it. They're looking. They've been they've been chomping at the bit, and now they will get the the chance to create utter chaos and uh, and confusion. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see uh, everything they can throw at the wall. Well, they have videos of the fellow who was holding the door open who was never charged with anything. Well, then they should charge him. I say charge everybody 
Everybody who is not an authorized government employee or uh, a person employed by an authorized contractor, everybody who entered the building or aided and abetted. So charge the guy who opened, held open the door. Charge everyone. Everyone. Charge him. Overcharge him. That's what around here a lot of times that's what they do in criminal cases they overcharge so they can ultimately uh, work a deal so overcharge them everybody who was inside that building on insurrection day they should be charged and then and all the names the names and hometowns should be placed online at insurrection.gov well, maybe that'll happen now that we're only not going to have just a one-sided investigation. Yeah, I hope we get to the truth, man, because I am sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of some of the people involved in the insurrection not being not being uh, properly prosecuted. I mean, it's been nearly two years. Time's a-wasting. Let's, let's get everyone, everyone, who for whatever reason, unless they were an authorized government employee or an authorized contractor, and they had official business to be in the Capitol on that fateful day, everybody should get at least one charge, and they should get their name publicized on insurrection.gov. Or maybe insurrectioninvestigation.gov, because if you just have insurrection.gov, it might imply that the federal government was endorsing insurrections. 1121, Bob Joseph, live on WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Vinny from Binghamton. So what do you think of my idea to post the names of everybody? Everybody who was in the Capitol on January 6, 2021, post their names on a government website so we could see their names. I'd love it. I think I they should, it. and I think they should prosecute everybody to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, now, Bob, was that Joan? Is it, was that Joan who just called in? Yeah, Joan from Binghamton. Okay, Joan, Joan, thank you so much for what you just said, because <laughs> you, you Republicans, right on time, man, right on time. Know you guys like the back of my hand. Here we go, everybody. Here, here, let me predict. Here we go. This is the Republicans. If you want to talk about Social Security, you won't find them unless they do say that they want to take Social Security because it might run out in 2032. So what they want to do is they want to have it every year. We look at it and we we might have to cut. We might have to cut it. Now, don't ask me why we can go bail out Wall Street and not give it to the senior citizens. That's another story. But I know here we're going to have these next couple of years. Here's what the Republicans in the House are going to do. Forget about Medicaid, Medicare, forget about health care, student loans, all that kind of, Forget about those issues that really affect you. No, they're going to start with Hunter Biden and Hillary's email. Oh, I hope they have, um, I hope they have uh, a real in-depth investigation into laptops. They could probably uh, subpoena the leaders of HP and Dell and no, Apple. No, no. No, Bob. They're going to they're going to talk about the COVID their investigations. Remember, in Benghazi, two years, the do nothing party, the do nothing party. Once again, you know, I, I just had a a couple a couple of uh, uh, days ago, Bob. A caller called in, and she wanted to know about: Are we going to pay back the nurses and and healthcare of the people that did not want to take 
COVID vaccinations or you would be fired. Are they going to get back pay? And uh, because they want to, in the hospital, you all to get shots. And I'm looking at this uh, article here. Veterans Home COVID outbreak results in a $58 million settlement. This was in Springfield, Mass. Federal judge approved $58 million class action suit because of the deaths of dozens of veterans who contacted COVID at a veterans home outbreak. It is in Holyoke in the spring of 2020, one of the deadliest outbreaks at a long-term care facility in the United the, um, in the U.S. attorneys for the plaintiff said 84 residents died and roughly the same number were sickened. A total of 164 plaintiffs were included in this lawsuit. That's why they wanted you to have a mask. That's why they wanted you to have a shot because of stuff like this. This is a this is a care unit. You have to do this because of lives. No, you're not getting your job back, and no, you probably aren't gonna. And I mean, it, it's so obvious because of this. Look at this lawsuit. All these veterans are died, and this this isn't. And like I said, it's not just to this place. It's all over the country. This happened. And I just bought that up because I was just talking to somebody the other day. I said, you see that lawsuit? I said, that's why. We didn't know. We didn't know what this was. So let's try to take some precautions. Nope. Nope. Not me. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we go. And I just wanted to say, uh, Bob, I tell you, I, I'm so glad that I took some time off because I, I heard the end of Dave from Vestal yesterday calling in about our conversation. And I was so, I said, what? So I went back and I played, you know, the archives where you can play a whole, your whole program. And I listened to it again. And I'm like, you know, this is, this is one of the problems in our country. You know, unfortunately, the, the good Lord above gave us two ears and one mouth. So we would listen twice as much. But a lot of people got problems with people that don't agree with them. I just don't understand it. Well, I understand it. But I'm glad there's, you know, you did 24-hour rule. Just calm down because I'll tell you, oh, boy, very, very, very ready to, to as I say uh, uh, in politics a lot of times, you got you to gotta, you gotta jab. You got to jab and step, jab and step to let people know, look, I can fight too. Yeah. Well, Republicans now are going to have a, a chance to, to prove their ability to govern starting in early january so it'll be exciting to watch let's uh take some more calls here i think we're going to get a lot of calls in between now and noon it's the expectation wnbf you're on the air what's your first name and where are you calling from dale from Bampton. wait you've already been on a couple times I'm trying how to. Yeah, to you, you got to try to call in like once a day. Plus, the last time yeah. you were on, you said something I thought that was uh, disturbing about Nancy Pelosi, didn't you? Um, I'm glad she's out of office. Yeah, well, that's okay to say. But what you said the last time, I thought was was unbecoming. Mm. Yeah, I mean, remember, there there are kids What's listening. Unbecoming about. Uh, Wait, there are kids listening. So remember, when you say something like what you said last hour about Nancy Pelosi, that sets a bad example for some kids. That's right. You know, and I have kids, too. So think about it. If your kids were listening, you know, what would they think? Uh, Something about Nancy Pelosi 
managing money and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, but that's not what you were talking about. You you said where you wanted her to go. And yeah. it, wa- it wasn't Italy. It was a, a place much warmer than Italy. I'm sorry about that. All right. All right. You know, I mean, she can accept it. She's heard worse, but I'm trying yeah. to run I'm You know me, Dale. I'm trying to run a family I show. I know. I've, I've run a family show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, the important that. thing. So so don't. let's okay. not worry about that. Let's just look to the future. Nancy Pelosi, Italy, um, enjoying... Yeah. Expensive dinners, probably, if she's the ambassador to Italy, probably... Spaghetti or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and probably probably at taxpayer expense. She can probably well, charge those delicious Italian meals with some of the best premium Italian ice cream to the American taxpayer. stuck with that. <laughs> anyway, the good thing about her... Yeah, she's. I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, appreciate your call, and um, yeah, let's let's try to limit it to one time a day. Get along. Okay. Thanks, Dale. Have a good day. You too. Eleven twenty-eight, WNBF, the station that serves the nation. Oh yeah, Brick Radio twelve ninety because we're about the bricks. Everybody wants a brick. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh-oh, it's Joan back again. I just want to point out the difference. Vinny calls, and you let him talk and talk and talk. Well, I can, you know, I run the show. I run the show. You know, is it a good show? Of course. Is it a perfect show? No. WNBF, you're on the air. Where are you calling from, and what's your name? Good morning, Bob. Jesse from Oiga. All right. Thank you. Hey, you know, that was like- I mean, the truth, Jesse, let's be honest. The truth is, if I run the show, like they say, it's my show. Absolutely. That's what you get paid the big bucks sure. for. That's all, that's all we ask. We don't, we, don't ask, we don't ask for advice. We don't ask for guidance. If I need advice or guidance with how to run this show, I'll be sure to ask. Well, you know the old saying, if you don't like it, don't call in. If you don't like listening, there are plenty of other places to go. Well, and that's the thing. You know, I'll be the first to admit, this this is my personal favorite radio show. But you would say, of course it is, Bob, because you're biased, and I admit that. But is it the best show on the planet? No. I say, if you don't like this show, listen to the best show on the planet. Well, it's the best show on the planet, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank it you. And it's local. So well, yeah, well, and that's the thing. And it's with a guy who was born here. It's a guy who loves his community. It's a guy who has been serving the community with a certain degree of success for a while now. So, you know, it, again, at some point in the future, I won't be here. Well, that's very true. You know, I don't take this show for granted, Bob. Don't. Never take anything for granted. Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't like your show. And it's like, well, I like it, but you don't have to. And then what if if tomorrow I'm gone? What then? What What will you listen to? When people people will be say this this is this is probably this is probably true or maybe it's not but I like to think when I'm gone some people are going to say gosh I miss that guy yeah I only have one little thing and 
it bothered me a little bit. Uh, if you don't have anything good to say about another caller, don't say nothing about them. And definitely don't call them out by name. Case in point, what Cousin Vinny just did. Well, I case mean, in point for everybody. And there you just did it. I, I would recommend, I've tried to encourage this in the past, and I know I haven't really enforced it. I would like, when people call in, that they're forward-thinking and don't look back at a particular caller. Just say what you stand for. If you like uh, the Republicans taking over the House of Representatives, say, I'm looking forward to that, and here's why. If you're disappointed, Nancy Pelosi will no longer be in charge in a few weeks. Say that. But, uh, you know, with, with this this mindless calling out of specific callers i've been told that's one reason why why some people don't call anymore not because they don't like the program and not because they don't like the host they just are concerned that future callers will, will start to call them out by name and some people just don't want that i vow to you bob that if i have anything negative to say about anybody else i will never call them out specifically by name that's my promise to you. All right. Well, that should be that should be the pledge for every listener going well, forward, starting now, eleven thirty-two a.m. Unless, like unless here here's the exception, because this would be a nice thing. If you want to call in and say I agree with someone, then say that because that would be nice. If you have something that you disagree, don't necessarily mention the caller and say, I want to talk about the price of gasoline. And you don't have to I refer would, to somebody who, who called previously about the price of gasoline. You could say, I think the price of gasoline is Biden's fault. Just say that. You can say Biden or you can say the names of elected officials because that's why they, they throw their hat into the public arena. Listeners, well, that, listeners don't want to be uh, criticized by name on this program. That's just like uh, saying I disagree with the direction that my gas buddy sees the world going. And Dave Nicosia, oh, I'm so mad because I don't want three feet of stuff. Well, you, you could say <laughs> stuff like that, you know, if, if you disagree with the weather, say, well... Dave Nicosia may be the best forecaster in the world, but man, I'm tired of snow and cold. But, or if you disagree with uh, Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy, call in and, and say what you think. You don't even have to mention him by name. Listeners know who you're referencing. If he says something about gas prices and you believe that other factors are involved, say that. I don't, I don't know what... What, why there's this perverse pleasure of uh, calling out listeners and guests by name. I, I don't see what you know, what exactly is being served. I, I am no longer going to do that. Hey, uh, by the way, there's a good intro. Next time uh, next time Gas Buddy calls in, you remember the song by the Kinks, A Gallon of Gas? I do. That, that would be perfect. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put that... I'll put that down on my list of things. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, have a great day. 11.35. This is Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF 607-772-1290 is the number. Email bob at wnbf.com. For 15-
have been Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline. But on the Che Guevara Highway, filling up with gasoline. Fidel Castro's brother spies a rich lady who's crying over the luxury's disappointment. So he walks over and he's trying to sympathize with her. But he thinks that he should warn her that the third world is just around the corner. WNBF, WNBF. Com. With Bob Joseph live on a Thursday morning, Marge and Appalachian. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I would tend to disagree with you in regards to uh, your comments about um, opinions from either side, Republican or Democrat. If you don't like the, if you don't like the opinion, um, you tend to hang up. So I think that's probably why a lot of people aren't calling in. Because if you don't agree with their opinion and ideas, you just hang up on them. So I think that's rather rude because your show is supposed to be um, open, not just one-sided. It is open. It is open. Everybody gets to call in and express themselves. Yes, they do. But if you don't like it, you hang up on them. Thanks. Bye. I'm going to hang up on you now. Ooh, touche or not touche? That is the question. Martin from Binghamton. Good morning. Yeah, Bob. Um, yeah, I, was, I hit Google the other day and I looked and I saw uh, your story about said Binghamton Hidden Gem Park. And I looked. I thought, is, is that the field up on top of the hill? Which it turned out to be the uh, that was picture taken on the other side of the tree line there. Up, uh, up on a tennis course there, up by Union Park, what you called it. Well, not by Union Park. It is Union Park. Well, yeah, it is. Union it's Park. too bad they have no signs, but it's Union Park. I guess, I guess someday the city might put up a sign that says Union Park, but today's not the day. Yeah, no. It, it was like you say. The story said it was built in '68 by Union workers. But there's also uh, another meaning that's the union between um, Binghamton, Town Dickinson, Johnson City, up to there, that all kind of uh, joins together. And like when it was built, built, first built, it was really nice. It was had about eight picnic tables and grills, and you know, and still the existing um, basketball courts and tennis courts and uh, things like that. But on the other side of the park, uh, the, the tree line, right across from where the statue was, was that where you took the picture? I took lots of pictures, so uh, okay, well, I, yeah, that's probably the place. Right. Well, well, that was a couple of years ago. The city initiated um, a no-cut area that they wanted it to grow and like be some kind of a ridiculous nature area or something like that, but um, it was for the locals, everything. All it was was a, a tick factory. And that prior to that was people would take their dogs and let them run around through there. And so some of the locals would go over there and with their tractors and just cut it down and it went back and forth. So I think the city finally relented there. Um, and um, now it's back to where it's, um, you can, you know, the locals can, you know, let your, or anybody can go up there and uh, let your dog run around. But there was just one comment that followed that asked you, did you see 
happen to see the hiking trail across the road. Um, no, uh, and other people also have asked me about that, and people had actually mentioned it. And actually, when I sent an email to Mayor Cram when I was preparing the story, because I was working on this uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, he he noted that uh, people in the area, uh, when uh, they spoke at a, at a public meeting about a new tower that was going to be erected up at Ely Park, they made reference to... Uh, the hiking trails and also to Union Park, but uh, I, I did not get a chance to actually see those hiking trails. But I'll, I'll go back. I'll be back and I'll check them out. Well, they're really kind of uh, there's one. It's more of an impromptu kind of hiking trail that just winds around the road um, and ends up back over towards by the statue, or you can just go straight up. And that'll take you up to uh, an old service road that, if you take a left, that'll take you down to the seventh tee on the golf course. And then you can go right up onto the golf course. But, you know, still today, um, you know, that it's still an open park that you can, you are allowed to, like right by that statue and also in the, in the parking lot of the golf course, you're allowed to take your dog there. Uh, oh, yeah, but they did... Even though they don't have any signs naming the park, they do have signs that admonish people to pick up after their dog. Right, right. Well, you know, I do that myself and also pick up my little, and when I used to smoke uh, cigars, just a filter tip and stuff like that. But, you know, you can't beat the view, I mean, in all directions. Oh, I love it. You know? I love it. Did you hear my my thought was they could put in sort of a viewing deck similar to what, recently was constructed at round top and in endicott they could put in something almost exactly like that so people could take take in the views of uh binghamton and out toward vestal and so on and looking out toward conklin kirkwood i think it'd be nice yeah well again there is a small there is one there's a pump house that um it's they finally put some uh barriers around it it's a concrete um foundation and they put barriers around there and it, it's a nice you know you can stand there and look down into the the city and also you know look in different directions and stuff you can't look north but um it's still that's still nice but it's nothing like what you were talking about of. yeah i like it up there i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back and have a picnic this afternoon uh hope nobody joins me i'll just be there with my thoughts alone in my thoughts it'll be this afternoon up at union park near conti court and ridge road wnbf good morning dave from vestal you're on yeah good morning bob hey um i'm calling to expand on our conversation we had yesterday when uh i called in after you had a certain conversation with a certain person regarding um the reasons for our high, gra- our high gas prices, and, and you guys were knocking the oil companies, calling them greedy. And uh, I had to remind you that uh, Joe Biden and his war on fossil fuel was just as big a reason. And, I, it, Bob, it, say you had a product on the market yourself, personally, and there were powerful people out there threatening to diminish it, to uh, stop production on it, uh, a less or lessen the production or even threatening to do away with it totally. What At that point, when you hear that over and over and over, 
What would you do if you had that product, Bob? You wouldn't walk away from the business. Um, you certainly wouldn't lower prices. You wouldn't keep them the same. No, what you would do, you would raise the prices to get what you can for your product before they take it away from you, Bob. Yeah, that's what the oil companies are doing, precisely. That's exactly what the oil companies are doing. They're raising their prices, trying to grab while the grabbing's good because they see the writing on the wall. The number of electric vehicles sold over the past year in the United States rose dramatically. So the oil companies know they're not going to be in the gasoline business forever. So what they're going to do now is continue to charge excessively high prices for their product and continue to cash in while we're still dependent on it. And once we get switched over to electric vehicles, then they'll find another way to gouge us. In my opinion, Bob Joseph Live, News Radio, WNBF, 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. First, News Radio, From the weather desk comes this, just in, snow squall warning. Snow squall warning. The National Weather Service reports a dangerous snow squall was located along a line extending from Green to near Richford to near South Danby, moving southeast at 30 miles an hour. Therefore, the National Weather Service has issued a snow squall warning for southwestern Broome County, Tioga County, and southwestern Chenango County. Whiteout conditions with near zero visibility associated with intense burst of heavy snow and gusty winds leading to blowing snow, so travel will become difficult and potentially dangerous within minutes. So this could affect many, many, many areas, including Binghamton, Vestal, Johnson City, Endicott, Maine, Owego, Nanaco, Coventry, Port Dickinson, and Green. Traffic on Interstate 81 between Exits 2 and 8. Interstate 86, Route 17 between Exit 62 and Exit 75. And Interstate 88 between Exits 1 and 7. Again, the National Weather Service has posted a snow squall warning in effect until 1215 this afternoon. Stay tuned to News Radio WNBF 921 FM 1290 AM and always available on the free WNBF app. It's about
Norman 54 with Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Back to the phone lines we go. Good morning. You're on the air. Yes, hi, Bob. This is Vinny from uh, Binghamton. I just wanted to say this, and, and, and the only reason I'm really calling back because I love this show, to hear people call in and vo- voice their opinions. Because everybody that called today, this show belongs to us. And I know, oh, you know, let's not say the names. Listen, when we come on this show, we tell everybody what our names is. But when I hear somebody in the four, first 14 seconds calling in, saying, punching somebody in the face, one less Democrat to go down, boom, that phone should have been hung up. But no, Bob said, hey, let's calm it out. He didn't, okay, he didn't like it. He didn't hang up on the person, didn't cut him off. He stayed with it. And then he, he makes a, a, a disagreement with us. Okay, corporations, we were talking about gas. We weren't saying anything about politics, but the person was upset because we didn't say Joe Biden, which we disagreed. And then the caller yesterday starts talking about talking, attacking Bob. Bob, you need to dig. You need to report everything, not just what you want to talk about, Bob. Well, I appreciate your call. Yeah, quickly. We have no choice. Bob, you have no choice. You are going to, we are going to, I don't know who we is, but we are going to hold you to it. Where do you get off calling in like this? This guy's hosting this show. He's, he's a journalist. So he's not doing, Bob's not doing interviews. He's doing conversation. That's right. And if people have noticed, I have increased the number of calling opportunities tremendously over the last few months. That was my decision. Bob Joseph, WNBF. For 15 15- Mission accomplished. I'm Bob Joseph. Have a great afternoon on WNBF Binghamton.